Taylor, let's catch up because there's just I, I just get so sad when we don't see each other, you know, when there's just a moment right. in time that, that we're not there. But but here we are. But here we are, and we have so much to talk about. And I will fall on the sword. It was my fault. I went to Seattle for the Seahawks game and I had a quick turnaround coming back to LA for the Chargers Bills game. But with all that time that passed, I did miss talking to you, even though we still talked. Um, I did miss talking to you on the pod. But with all that that went on in those two weeks, we now have completely new takeaways of what we can expect to see in this final stretch of the regular season and into the playoffs. Like I have a completely different view, one, on the NFC in general. And I know that it's hard to say that after, you know, 17 weeks, 16 weeks, but a team that has just kind of slowly been a dark horse staying idle until now is the LA Rams. It's I hate so to say it, but I think they might be the best team in the NFC after we've been sitting here pounding the pavement for the Cowboys, Eagles, and 49ers. The Rams have been getting better and better and better and better and better. Now that Puka Nakua has Cooper cut back, it's been interesting to see them. They've got that uh, running back in um, – Kyron. Kyron Williams. Yes. Stud. Um, that offense, Matthew Stafford's back and healthy – it's it's interesting to see them kind of secretly and silently get better each week. And now I think that they might be the team to contend with in the NFC. It's, it's the reason really why I feel this way is what because we saw the Cowboys just get completely destroyed. They just don't look like a complete team. I know that you can't base it off of one game, but they just looked horrific. And their offense was not doing anything. Their defense couldn't stop anybody. And then we saw what the Ravens did to the 49ers. Like that was, I mean, it was exciting for me. Let's be honest. <laughs> Killer. Let's really look, let, let's boil this down to what it is. All right. We're sort of teetering around what may be the most interesting that's happened all season. You know, we have these games where we want to say, wow, that told us everything. And it seems like each week there's a new one of those that really definitively says something. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating your Rams point. I want to get back to that. But first I want to give a little credit to what happened between the Ravens and the 49ers. Mm -hmm. Because you and I both know that the Niners were on a pedestal or on an island. Yeah. The Niners on were on an island. island where but I also think it's because the NFC is so much weaker than the AFC. And I think that we yeah. saw that in that game a lot, that there is not a team in the NFC, I don't think, other than the Rams. We saw the Rams play the Ravens really, really hard. That was a better game than what the 49ers Ravens game was. Now, now that let's again, you're absolutely right about that. I would say maybe the Ravens took the Rams, you know, maybe they took them lightly that particular day. Ravens were at home. The Rams at that point were not necessarily the Rams that we're seeing now, but the dismantling of the 49ers from an mm -hmm. offensive and defensive perspective is really frightening. For the rest of the league. And when you look at what the Ravens have done against the NFC, that's also just almost inexplicable, Taylor. When yeah. you can say that this Ravens team handled the Lions as if they weren't even there, took care of the Seahawks as if they weren't doing anything this season, and then took the Niners at the height of their ascension and said, Brock Purdy, MVP leader, here is a four interception game where Sam Darnold will be playing. At the Kyle end Hamilton the is the best safety in the league. He's proven You've that. You've got to put him in that conversation. 
He's certainly proving that recently. And in that game, that was just scary. You know, so that's we, what I think is that this is the most important game in the AFC this weekend is the Dolphins Ravens because whoever wins between that game all but locks up the number one seed. If the Ravens win, they lock up the number one seed. They, they, they if they don't, then it's still open. And what's amazing is it's also open for the Browns, which is which is really which is really fun. And we can talk about. I mean, the idea of Flacco have our team Ravens AFC to the Dolphins, the Browns, and the Ravens. You're, so we're going to say now three teams in the AFC. And again, the Browns were not so much a part of this conversation three weeks ago when we did it. We we always, I always brought them up. I, and wait, and remember, I'm the one that Best started the Browns bandwagon for us, right? I'm the one that started that before that first game of the season against the Bengals. I started to see something with the Browns. And of course, when Chubb went down, it felt the fact that Flacco is here. And again, for anyone that is a Ravens fan, it's got to be just stunning that that all of it could come down to I'm facing Flacco. I'm happy for him. Like, of course, you know, I'm a Ravens fan, so I want to see the Ravens go this year. But I really is cool to see him take the reins and become such a leader in on this Browns team. You can just tell that the locker room looks up to him. And it's the Joe Cool that we all saw in 2012 when he took us to the Super Bowl and was a road warrior he is not he it looks like he's got his football spark back to him like he's got that spark in that love of football again the only quarterback to throw for 300 yards against the jets defense he's trying to get this out of the back the whole in the time. last two seasons oh my goodness the safety amazing so Taylor, how about this it was 2021 when tom brady threw for 300 yards against that jets defense and since that time there wasn't another quarterback that threw for 300 yards against the Jets since 2021 until Joe Flacco came around in this particular season. And like, what a game for him to do that against the Jets, the team that wouldn't call him back, apparently. <laughs> it's it's hilarious what Flacco's doing. So, yeah, so maybe the Browns are part of that equation. But the Browns absolutely are. I think it's the Browns, the Bills, the, the Ravens. And, I watched the, I watched the Chargers Bills game and I just feel like the um the Bills the last two two three games you've seen them really figure out who they are and become a more complete offense. They're no longer a team that just relies well, on Josh Allen to carry them on his back. They're now running the ball. They're a and, dynamic like well, again team. change in offensive coordinator. It's, it all change goes back to the offensive change coordinator. You got to chalk it up to that. It does and, because that is the turning point. When you look at that that really seems to be the turning point there for that team and, and the balance that they've got. And even when, you know, even when Diggs is not having incredible games, mm-hmm. is not doing so much. But yeah, just, but you're seeing other, you're seeing other receivers like step up. Gabe Davis, yeah, Gabe Davis, look yeah. what Gabe Davis had done. I mean, this is just what Josh Allen can do. Again, him being that dual threat, as you know, it's nice to have the threat, but it shouldn't be. By the way, did you see life. Joe Flacco, speaking of dual threat, did you see Joe Flacco like go off on a run last night? I'm like, what is the, what is going on? What is going on? Alternate universe here. So, so Taylor, it, it's great that we, that we're going to see the, a couple of things because again, seeing the Dolphins against the Ravens, I've told you that I've never considered the Dolphins seriously within the AFC. I just, even, gotcha. even, even in the win against the Cowboys, they I looked still, so good on Christmas. Very, very balanced attack against the Cowboys. And again, what they were able to do again, because what was interesting is allowing the Cowboys to come back in that game, but then still having the wherewithal to have a game winning drive of your own and a methodical game-winning drive that was perfectly executed 
That was impressive. That was a that was a playoff caliber win right there. That's what you would need to win a game in the playoffs. It's going to take a drive like that. And that's that's probably the most impressive Tua has been at the end of a game mm-hmm. in his career. In his career, I would say that's the most impressive that I've seen on a drive where the game had to come down to what the offense was doing there. That was that was impressive. So there's that. So we're going to see it now, Ravens and Dolphins. I would still say that I would bet – I guess I'd say I'd bet my house on the fact that the Ravens just feel like the team right now that would take would care you of the your house on it. I, you know what? So, like, that's I, my I, silver lining is like, I don't have to be depressed if the Ravens lose because at least I get a house out of you're it. You're going to get a house. So you get this house. You've been here. You've seen it again. There's a lot that can be done here, Taylor. I would love to see your flair on this house. So there you go. <laughs> so, so we're only it's a small bet. We're only betting a house on the Ravens and Dolphins, but I feel that confident. It just means that I would be that. Glad you do. I'm, I'm, I'm not as confident because season. I feel like, they're they're exhausted they're exhausted kyle hamilton's questionable zay flowers is questionable i know jalen waddle is out but look they're it's all about matchups when you come down to this time this late in the season and in the playoffs it's all about matchups i think the ravens match up really well against a team like the 49ers i don't know how well they match up against a team like it's it's gonna be dolphins waddle and and tyreek hill i mean obviously those are but again to see what what to see what the ravens did against Debo and Ayuk and Kittle. I mean, it's, I'm sorry, but I know. it's really, no, it was, it really was exciting. It was tough, tough to remove that from your mind and think that it's not going to apply. And I understand every team and every game obviously is different that way, but that's what it looks like. And again, when you've got, again, that, that, that Cowboys game just sticks to me. And now going back to the NFC quickly, Taylor, because, okay. You will, want you to button up the AFC. I'll go as far to say that if I think that if the Ravens win on Sunday, I think they're all but guaranteed to go to the Super Bowl. Well, and you would say this much. Can I take it a step further? If you've watched the Ravens with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, if you think the Ravens are going to be in the Super Bowl, they'll win. Yeah, that so they're winning I, it I'm because, not worried about any team in the NFC. The, NFC the hardest part is going to be getting there. The mm-hmm. NFC has not put a team in front of Lamar Jackson that he hasn't taken care of. And when you really look back, the most impressive wins of Lamar Jackson's career are against two teams from the NFC West. Because I would say that in his MVP season, what he did in Los Angeles at the Coliseum before the new stadium, Taylor, remember that game, which stamped his MVP season. When he took apart McVay and got what that team was at that time, that Rams team was just run out of the building by Lamar Jackson. And that was his crowning moment of his MVP season. And if he wins the MVP this season, his crowning moment is that game, even though the defense was a huge part of it against the 49ers so that 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 just tells you so if you think they're going to the super bowl considering what he is in his career 20 and 1 against the nfc that tells me that they win the super bowl so that that's a big statement to say that this game could could take it all the way to there but it's the most important game barring everybody staying healthy i think that if they can if the ravens win this game they're going to the super bowl and winning it and then you've got two by if they don't it's also two by weeks Two bye weeks if you win this game, so a lot on it. I can't wait to see it. So now to the NFC, another game that's going to define a lot. If we said that the Cowboys had a measuring stick game, and we've said there's been numerous, right? There were two against the Eagles. There was one against the Niners. There was that game against the Dolphins. And you've got a game now against the Lions, where, by the way, the one seed in the NFC is still interesting, especially because you Mm -hmm. like the Rams as much as you do. If the Rams beat the Niners in the last week of the season, that obviously means the one seed is still very much up in the air between the Eagles, the Lions, and the Niners. 
And the Lions would actually have the tie break. If you look at common games, if the Lions win out, they actually mm-hmm. hold the tie break over the Eagles based on common games. It comes down to games against so Dallas. So would that mean that the Rams would be going to it's, it Detroit? Would be like the Lions would have – no, no. Think about this. The Lions would actually have the one seed. If the Niners lose again, oh, okay. the, Rams, if the Rams would have to beat the Niners. So a lot has to happen. There's a lot of tie breaks involved. But, but I think that that would be fascinating if Matthew Stafford and the Rams traveled to Detroit to take on Jared Goff and the Lions. We love that matchup. Of all we of love the, that storyline. Of all of the if the playoffs started today scenarios, the best by far is that. By or far. Joe Flacco returning to Baltimore. Not, what, all I mean is that's not happening right now. Like right now, if the playoffs started today, that wouldn't be the matchup. So, so yes. But if you could have – because, again, the Ravens would have the bye week, so it wouldn't be happening right now. But right now, the fact that you have on paper Lions and Rams is such a tremendous Stafford, Golf McVay story. I mean, what an incredible like – I want to be at that game. Maybe we go. <laughs> what, what a dramatic crescendo for the season that would be if you could get those two, especially with, like you said, the Rams – on the rise the way that they are. And I only want to say one other thing. It's so interesting with all these tie breaks and I've gone through scenarios. The fact that, again, that that the one seed is still – it feels in play now because of what happened to the Niners. When you see the Mm -hmm. Niners at that level, all of a sudden you think, oh, they that team could lose another game. When, again, 10 days ago, that never entered our mind. It really didn't. I mean, it just didn't seem like, oh, they're going to lose two games. Now it feels like, okay, losing that game the way that you did, the Rams playing the way they are, Maybe, just maybe, it's possible. And again, I, I'd like to say that, you know, the Eagles were taken a little bit out of the discussion of, you know, best team in the league, best team in the NFC. They just look like they haven't quite figured it out. They've got all the pieces. They've got the parts. They have the potential. They just look off. They're, they, look, admittedly, even when the Eagles were winning games the way that they were. It wasn't always was, and that's what you were up. That, that was very there. close. And I kept saying that. And I and again, remember, remember what I said. I suggested to the Eagles, don't try to win that stretch against Dallas, KC, Buffalo, San Francisco. You should have Dallas. listened to your advice. If, if again, to have rested against Buffalo, if it would have meant winning a game against San Francisco or Dallas in that stretch, or winning one of the two of those last two against San Francisco or Dallas, then yes, the season would look different. But the bottom line is the Eagles still have everything in front of them. It's just that defensively, Taylor, when you look at it, it's defensively. That move with Patricia feels, you know, it just, it all feels very interesting to be, you know, again, to, to be demoting Desai from defensive coordinator. Now Matt Patricia's in that seat. It's not as if they've been incredibly impressive against Seattle or the Giants from a defensive standpoint. That Slayton touchdown obviously was mm-hmm. an ugly one on Christmas Day. And of course, to have Drew Locke beat you on a final drive to go, I mean, for Drew Locke to go 92 yards against your defense. That, that's saying something. So it's so up in the air. So now we have these games in front of Taylor. I cannot wait. We have to catch up again to see. We will be catching up Sunday because I'll either be <laughs> celebrating or yeah, celebrating or, or, that I just want a house. Exactly. And, and, and again, you'll have a house, which is nice. And for New, you know, you can throw what a party for New Year's. You could throw a party for New Year's at the house. I, I think there's just endless possibilities that way. So so I can't wait, Taylor. It's all 